Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. After this brief intro, you'll hear the audio from our latest live Instagram Q&A. Our live sessions are so much fun. We basically Mm -hmm. show up and connect, commiserate, and build skills alongside our upbringing community. Folks write in ahead of time or chime in with questions and struggles around kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors. We typically explore five to 15 questions and offer our take, our instincts, our goals, helpful phrasing, and ways to parent with alignment and integrity using our resist approach. Thank you for being here and for supporting us. And if you'd like to give your family and upbringing some extra support, please visit our website at upbringing.co to learn about our upcoming membership community, as well as our shop, which is now full of informative guides and inspiring prints based on everything we've shared here on the podcast these past two years. Wow. Two years. (laughs) Thanks for growing up alongside us one conversation at a time. Here we go. Hey everyone, Hello. I'm Hannah, this is Kelty, we're Upbringing, we're here live for a weekly Q&A, talking about the hard stuff, why it's the good stuff, our sensitive and strong-willed kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors, how we can show up as their parents for what we call sanity and social change. We're also talking about what triggers us and how to be less triggered around our kids' big feelings, challenging behaviors, all the things, so we can show up and teach in a way that inspires um, respect, compassion, problem-solving, uh, innovation, um, what yeah. else? All the good things. Yeah, I think it's really easy to go into kind of a shame-blame game when we lose our shit with our kids. Either we're blaming them, being like, if you weren't so tough, if you mm-hmm. weren't so damn resistant, you just if you weren't to so me. difficult, if you weren't so persistent, right? But we all know, wait a second, right? All of those things are really good that our kids are showing us. They're all natural, normal, necessary, right? Mm-hmm. So then if we're not blaming our kids, when we lose our shit, we can really easily go into a shame spiral mm-hmm. where it's not them, it's us. We're just not good enough parents. We're just not trying hard enough. Yeah. We're just not um, uh, getting the job done. And that is what we also want to be um, dismantling, dismantling, yeah. challenging and saying it's not. The way we respond in these moments when we lose our shit, we yell, we slam doors, we resort to the control toolbox that we talk about and identify. on my terms, now, threats, rewards, right. overpower, lecture, shame, blame, spanking, timeouts, all, all that stuff. stuff that's not so fun. We're not intentionally doing that most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time, that's our instinct toolbox. That's our fight, flight, freeze toolbox. It's our triggered toolbox. It's our triggered toolbox. Yeah, it's when we feel helpless and powerless. Yeah. We click into that so easily. And I think yeah. so many people here in our community come to us and they say, okay, you've got me sold. 
on this, <laughs> this respectful, more conscious, more gentle way of parenting. I've heard the research. Call me a convert. I believe it and I want to do it differently. But they keep being like, but how? how? But yeah. how? And we provide a lot we of those that. tools. Yeah. But I think even with the tools, a lot of people even come with to the a, mental mantra, right? even with the helpful phrasing, mm-hmm. starting a conversation with our kids in a way that is collaborative instead of coercive, that mm-hmm. is connection based instead of controlling. Mm-hmm. Those are all really good starts. But if we can't even get to the conversation point because we've gone from zero to 100 in the, our radio meter, uh-huh. that's a little <laughs> bit of an inhib- it, like inhibiting factor, right? To yeah. our success. So I think in, yeah. in, in that case, when people come to us and they're like, but I can't actually start, stop yelling right. enough to engage in a respectful way. So my kids actually learn the skills I want them to learn. We usually point those people towards Jen Lumenlin mm-hmm. of your parenting mojo. We're going to talk about this for one minute before we dive into live Q and a, let us know while you're listening, what's going on, uh, what you want us to talk about, how we can support you with your sensitive and strong willed kids, big feelings and challenging behaviors, how mm-hmm. we can help you Make that mental reframe and rewire that wording, the inner voice to the outer voice. That's what we do here in these live Q&As usually. But we do want to plug this uh, upcoming workshop um, that we're going to be a part of. We're going to be taking it again and bringing our community on to take it to. And they've got a webinar about it this Saturday. So go to our link in bio if you're more curious about it. It's called Taming Your Triggers. So basically, five strategies to tame your triggers is a webinar this Saturday, the 12th. Yeah. Check our link in bio. And then from that, I think we're all going to be signing up for Jen's Taming Your Triggers course, which is a 10-week course. You just, <clears throat> once a week, you get kind of delivery into your inbox with these incredible, not just strategies, but supportive um, building blocks to be able to conquer these triggers in a really way, to embrace them, yeah. to conquer them. We're going to be chatting with Jen next week about this live as well, yeah. if you're still curious. I think that when it comes to all of this, it's not just about knowing what to do when we're struggling with mm-hmm. our kids but it's actually feeling capable and able to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's the bridge that this um, this workshop uh, offers. And so that's why we're, we're so into it because it's a part of upbringing that we don't offer necessarily mm-hmm. that self-reg portion. We're like, just self-reg. Just self-reg. And then reg. move on to the stuff we teach you. Yeah. Right. So this is kind of that missing link and that's why we love Jen so much. Yeah. Um, and so for a lot of you joined us last year and so, mm-hmm. uh, or missed it and we're like, God damn it. So mm-hmm. um, it's coming soon this next week. Um, let us know if you have any questions about yeah. it. Join us to tame your trigger. And in the meantime, type below what's triggering you right now. What's the hardest? What makes you want to yell or fight, flight, freeze, faint, fawn, all the Fs. Fuck this life right (laughs) now. Totally. So someone shares third huge meltdown for my dear little five-year-old total disreg could not eat at the table because didn't want to hear me chew. And somehow he could hear me um, over his loud chewing, but he's, but he's scared if, I go in the living room. Earplugs, he says, no. Finally, if he <clears throat> sat where he couldn't see me, he ate. Had to wash hands four times first because I t- he touched his sock and then boogers. Oh, I'm yeah. exhausted. Oh, oh, of course you are. That's a lot. A lot of demands mm-hmm. um, that his body is putting on him to tell mm-hmm. where he's like, I got to control stuff. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. And then a lot of demands on you, too. That's a lot where we're like, say what? What do I do? How do I do it? Uh, Right? Mm -hmm. Isn't dinner time supposed to be fun? This is really hard. What a sensitive little person. Um, They sound amazing. This is something that we were talking about in our show up and grow up small group coaching recently. Someone was sharing 
my child was just so particular about getting uh, out up for a walk. They wanted to be in a stroller just like their baby sibling. They wanted gloves on um, just a certain way. They wanted to be tucked into a blanket the exact same way as their baby sibling and all this. And they made it, this parent made it so far trying to, yes, cater and serve um, her child in this way. And then at a certain point, she was just like, I'm out. Like, no, no more whining, no more yelling, no more crying like a little baby. We're going on a nice walk, so shut up, yeah. right? And it's just, it's so hard in those moments when basically our threshold that we have is just slowly diminished with every request or with every moment of resistance or with every anything. Mm -hmm. Th that chronic fatigue that a lot of us have as parents can be really tricky. And then all of a sudden we snap. <clears throat> yeah, so understandable. Mm -hmm. I think, oh my gosh, misophonia is a thing. So mm -hmm. I just want to identify that first. I mean, we always think whatever our kids describe are, it, are showing us, Generally mm -hmm. speaking, whatever our kids are showing us, whatever resistance, whatever big feelings, whatever challenging behaviors, there's a reason behind it. So we want to value it. It's an opportunity mm -hmm. to understand them, to build relationship, to build skills, to help them understand and work with their bodies and their needs rather than against their bodies and mm -hmm. needs. So these are opportunities and they're investments, right? So we can't always have the time to sit and be like, what is this that's bothering you so much? Or how can I cater to you in this particular situation? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we got to get shit done. We're moving and grooving or we don't mm -hmm. have the capacity ourselves. But mm -hmm. in this situation where this uh, parent is sitting at the table with their four-year-old child who is very sensitive and feeling overwhelmed by their chewing sounds, mm -hmm. right? I think it's so great that you were like, you weren't like, shut up and just eat your food. This is not right. a big deal. In our minds, fine. we're like, this is ridiculous. Stop this is being taking, so particular. This is taking, you know, um, restaurant needs, you know, mm -hmm. like that type of, um, this is not a five-star restaurant stuff to a whole <laughs> yeah. new level, right? So it sounds like this parent was really trying to work with their child and mm -hmm. say, what can I do? So can I sit over here? Or like, how can you even hear me over your chewing? Is it your chewing that's bothering you? But mm -hmm. misophonia is a thing. And it's a lot, a thing that a lot of sensitive um, kids have. I, Kelty and I both have misophonia. Mm -hmm. So that means that we're very sensitive to certain sounds, especially like bodily sounds. Um, so I don't like hearing people peeing or chewing. pooping, chewing. Chewing has always been so mm -hmm. hard. Our parents didn't really understand when we were younger about it and actually still struggle now to understand yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but it's taken to a new level by my son who I realized would leave the table um, when he heard us chewing and he didn't know that he was like say three, he hungry four, anymore. he's like, I'm done. And we didn't understand why. And it was, we figured out eventually over time that mm -hmm. it was our chewing sounds and even just the food sounds that made him feel grossed out and just repelled and overwhelmed at the table. Mm -hmm. So it's a real thing, right? And so, um, that our child doesn't have to be officially diagnosed or anything like mm -hmm. that. We can also just say, you're feeling sensitive to these sounds. Okay. What can we do? So love that this parent was thinking, what can we, what can we do? Mm -hmm. I would maybe in those moments, stop eating myself if I weren't like dying of hunger mm -hmm. and say, you know, how about I, I set my food aside for a few minutes and let's focus on you. Mm -hmm. I think when our kids are feeling overwhelmed and they're anxious and they start to exhibit what people call controlling behaviors, which mm -hmm. we don't really like to say, but they're just showing us they're struggling and they're trying to um, feel safe in their world and in their bodies, right? We say, what can we drop? What can we minimize? What can we slow down there's a to help here. create that? Um, oh. Oh, okay. Um, how can we slow down the situation, right? So that we can see how they're doing. We can innovate with them. We can have fewer balls in the air that are kind of um, e experimental factors, right? Let's control for the situation and be like, mm -hmm. how are you doing eating, right? 
Um, what thoughts do you have on this, Kel? I don't know. I think that in these moments, if it's becoming kind of a, a repetitive thing yeah. where we're like every time we're having this kind of mental internal eye roll being mm -hmm. like, here we go again. Any of those repetitive things can be a reminder to us that we need to gear up a little bit, yeah. right? We need to say going into the meal or going into the car or going into the bath time or going into the whatever we're feeling triggered about or really like feels strenuous or chronic over time. <laughs> I'm going to try to show up the best I can. What are my mental mantras going into this? What is my kind of emotional armor situation? Where's my threshold at? Is it down here where I might need to step out earlier before, so I don't yell? Is it up here where I'm like, I am riding high. I am feeling really solid and I can lean into this big time. So checking in with our own capacity, I think in those moments where we feel like super servers to our kids mm -hmm. is a really good place to start. Mm -hmm. I think regulating uh, your kid's nervous system before eating could also help. I mm -hmm. think a lot of times it's like dinner time. There's so much fucking baggage and all these micro stressors just piled on. Like you've kids. been sitting all day. You right. had five minutes at the park and now it's time to sit down and be cool. Right. And be quiet yeah. and not feel any stress. Mm -hmm. Someone wrote in and said constant bickering. So uh, add a little bit of um, how that's been feeling and how you respond. And we can kind of build on that. The kids bickering, I'm assuming, and the whining. Ooh, we've got some fun stuff Ooh. coming up here. But I would say, gosh, his nervous system, it sounds like, is not feeling good. It's its a little bit imbalanced, maybe. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's like really perceiving sound strongly. Maybe he's, and then you noticed he wanted to wash his hands because he touched his sock and his boogers. And he was just, and then had a meltdown, mm -hmm. another meltdown. So we've got a lot of stress in his body. Mm -hmm. And it's going to come out in ways where we call simmering. It's not always a boil or like an explosion right away, but mm -hmm. it comes out in these ways showing us, oh my God, I'm so uncomfortable, mom. Help mm -hmm. me. I don't know what to do, right? Mm -hmm. So I think I would really try and regulate his nervous system when he gets home or when you, uh, before dinner time, before he's meant to sit and put food in his mouth and listen to things and have a lot of sensory input, basically, mm -hmm. is what's going to be happening. So how can he, maybe he needs to move his body by doing twirling, by doing jumping, by doing punching. Maybe he needs a little bit of a massage and some squeezing, some mm -hmm. hugs, some spins, even just like some grab spins. his hand, spin around 10 <clears> times before you guys <throat> Maybe he needs table. a bath before dinner instead mm -hmm. of after dinner to get that Big. water, that calming water play for his mm -hmm. body so that he can show up at the table and engage in an activity eating, which mm -hmm. for this four-year-old sounds like it's a very kind of... um it's intimate and it's also just kind of obtrusive um, mm -hmm. acti activity where he's all got all these sensory mm -hmm. orbs on high alert, right? Yeah. So how can you support him in just trying to regulate that nervous system beforehand? That would wanna, be my I idea. I want to bring this whole conversation topic, which is so awesome about kids having sensitivities and particularities around their food or around listening to other people chewing or around things touching or mm -hmm. all this stuff that we kick right into our kind of control-based toolbox and this cultural conditioning that says just be easy. Just go with the flow. Just let it go. Just be normal. Life will be so much easier for right. me and you someday. Yeah. If you just, just if, if you can just let this stuff go, yeah. your life will be easier because yeah. seeing you struggling this way is making me feel triggered. Again, <laughs> we're bringing up the whole triggering thing. Yeah. And I think that it's such a great reminder that the way that our kids eat and what they're needing when they're eating, whether it's about the environment, whether it's about the person eating next to them, whether it's about the food, the way it touches, or the way they're hands, standing or versus sitting, whatever it is, is a consent issue. Mm -hmm. So just like bedtime is a consent issue and bath time and hygiene are consent issues, eating is a consent issue too. And it's so easy for us to think, just be easier. Just be easy going about mm -hmm. this. Just do what I say about this. Just blend in with the crowd. 
about whatever the thing is. And I think we have to keep remembering that it is our job to listen to our kids' particularities and anxieties and sensitivities in these realms and build a culture around those in a respectful way that says, is this good for you? How is this good for you? What are you needing right now? What are you needing? I respect what you're needing and I trust you to tell me what your body's telling you and what you're needing. I respect you're needing some quiet. I respect you're needing some space. I respect you don't want to eat this way or that food or whatever it is. The same way that hopefully we can look at bedtime. Is this good for you? Is this comfortable for you? In those moments where I'm like, I have to go get another cup of water. I have to fluff the blanket this way. I have to do those things. Translate that to a bedroom 25 years from now. Mm -hmm. Imagine what we want our kids to think they're entitled to. Do we want them to just think that everyone else's needs matter more than theirs that any of their needs gosh that would be putting someone out or making an uncomfortable situation to mention they don't want to be too much Mm -hmm. they don't want to be too high maintenance Mm -hmm. they don't want to be too entitled about their own needs or too particular because that's not good Mm -hmm. that is the mindset that we can very easily and unfortunately condition our kids to have Mm -hmm. based on our resistance to meeting their needs in these early years around stuff that seems very innocuous, very random, very unnecessary, but it's programming and normalizing something really important. It actually reminds me a lot of um, that scene in Harry Met Sally or multiple scenes in Harry Met Sally where Mm. the movie basically where Sally is very particular where she's like, I want the this dish, but I want half this (laughs) and I want the dressing on the side, but in a cup with a saucer and a this and a that. And Mm. I love that Billy Crystal's character in it can be like, that's amazing. She just really knows how she wants. Not like necessarily what a pain. She can never just order off the menu. Uh, but like, wow, she's proud of yourself. the fact that she knows exactly how she wants her meal. And she knows exactly yeah. the type of containers and the sides and the sauce yeah. this way and, and the salt this way. And, and if and the restaurant can't do that, that's okay. Them. But ask. She should, <laughs> she should be able to ask. And do we want our kids to feel entitled to ask to, for what they need, Right. Do we want our kids to do that? Hell yes. So unfortunately, we are that server in the early years right now. And it is hard. And again, it is so triggering. Meg, you'd said it was so hard to sometimes let go of those internal scripts that play through my head. Mm -hmm. And those internal scripts are not ours. They're our parents and our parents' parents and our parents' Mm -hmm. parents saying, this is unnecessary. Mm -hmm. This is too much. You're putting me out. You're adding work to my my. This is work list. not a reasonable request. Right. You might think it's a reasonable request, but right. let me just tell and you, that's it's actually why not. it's so upsetting to us because mm-hmm. it's not actually that hard for us to cater to our kids' needs. Very often, mm-hmm. it is just because it's very emotionally uncomfortable because of the way we were treated when we had those needs. Mm-hmm. Right? That's where the pain is and the discomfort is, and not what we're seeing. But what, what we're seeing is bringing up within us. Yeah. That's where the, the ugh factor is. So interesting. Is. Back to the conversation. Check in our link in bio here on Instagram or in the show notes on this on the podcast. But this um, Taming Your Triggers course that we're promoting, mm-hmm. we'll just talk one second about it. But Jen speaks so like beautifully and we'll bring her on. She's got a beautiful British accent too. It's just like, I just can't. Um, but she talks about big T trauma. She talks about little T trauma. And she talks about the trauma of unmet needs, yeah. both when, as when we were kids like not feeling heard, not feeling validated always, like loving parents, love them, Mm -hmm. but maybe not getting all the things that we needed and the trauma of unmet needs today, not enough sleep, not enough support from a partner, not enough kudos on the parenting job, Mm -hmm. you know, not enough um, time away from our children where we're just like, oh my God, this is just feels so chronic and so hard. Somebody actually sent in a question really quick. They said, 
past sexual assault trauma is triggered having to hold my child down for medical procedures. Mm-hmm. That's such mm-hmm. a, an incredible example. Mm-hmm. Like okay. how, I mean, it's hard to hold our kids down for something because we know it doesn't feel good for them. And it's what anti-consent. is anti-consent? What is it normalizing? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to do it for emergency purposes, right? Mm-hmm. We can't always wait for their consent, build consent over time build that Mm -hmm. willingness and collaboration Mm -hmm. and then experiencing that, not just the pain of putting them through that and your relationship through that, Mm -hmm. but also having that, that, that trauma that's stored in our bodies unearthed, right. Of going through that. And that's what all of this parenting is in all of these ways. Mm -hmm. And in whatever particular personal way that we experienced it as children or as young adults, or Mm -hmm. even as adults, it's really, really hard. And it's a lot, and it's really hard to be there for our kid who goes through something really difficult, like being held down for a medical procedure, when we also need to be there for ourselves mm-hmm. and be caring and giving grace to ourselves and processing, right? And yeah. and healing from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, yeah. that's what, like brings me back to the whole like taming your triggers thing is like in these moments when our kids are feeling unsafe in their bodies, whether being needing to be held down for a medical procedure or whether mm-hmm. they have to go to school and they don't want to, and they're just mm-hmm. not feeling safe. They're not feeling good about it. And we're trying to make them feel safe in these situations, the conflict of interest comes in so strongly when we don't feel safe in our bodies. Mm -hmm. So how can we help them feel safe about homework, about a friend being mad at them, about a grandparent dying, about um, having to, you know, not consent to medical procedures Mm -hmm. if we don't feel safe? Mm -hmm. So I think that that's so much of what this Taming Your Triggers workshop is all about. It's a free workshop on Saturday morning, check our link in bio, is saying, Mm -hmm. how can I create safety in my own body in those moments that I can anticipate that I'm going to be triggered or that I'm feeling triggered all of a sudden, how can I self-regulate and create safety to co-regulate and, f- and create safety with my child in those moments? Mm-hmm. And a lot of that can't happen in the moment. That's where we talk often. Jen talks about in that moment of self-regulation and how to tame those triggers. We talk about how when that all goes to shit because we haven't taken Jen's course yet, we, do, we talk about the circle back. We talk about the ways that we can show up after... Um, having to hold our kid down for an important medical procedure and maybe not supporting them necessarily the way that we would have loved to because we were feeling so compromised emotionally and nervous system wise that we can bring that up and say, I'm so sorry mm-hmm. about how that happened. How are you? I didn't want to have to hold you down <clears throat> for that shot and not say, but you needed it or, but we had to, or, but whatever, but just say that was so hard and you didn't consent to that. Mm-hmm. And I'm so sorry yeah. that we had to do that the parent too, who yeah. was really struggling with her four-year-old who was uh, having the misophonia, the sound sensitivity during meals. And mm-hmm. she said she would, you know, try and connect. And I can't remember what she said here that, She'd you ask know, what he ask needs. what he needs. Yeah. And he said, I don't know. And that's the thing. It's like our kids very often feel and know in their bodies that they're uncomfortable, yes or no, mm-hmm. but they don't actually necessarily because of the lack of prefrontal cortex, know what the solution is or what one of the potential options is. And that's where we, with the prefrontal cortex we have and are still building, mm-hmm. have that opportunity to ally with them in that moment and saying, you know how what your deeper needs are and I can help you figure out a solution to meet those needs. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get to work together. But I think ultimately, and like you said, Kelty, mm-hmm. the power of our connection is just acknowledging the struggle and helping our child feel safe in it. So offering ideas can be helpful because then our kids can say, oh, mm-hmm. that sounds good, let's try that. But oftentimes it can also 
Uh, kind of invalidate or make them feel a little mm-hmm. bit more stressed like we're trying to just fix it right mm-hmm. and I think so much about it is slowing down that moment when our kids are like not that not that not this and just saying when okay. we feel compelled to rush through it right. and just push through and, and where we're step. wanting to innovate we have to take a step back to our empathize step mm-hmm. in the resist approach that's available on our website and say where can I just help calm the bodies calm the nervous systems hey how about you got we take a break mm-hmm. set dinner aside and we do some hugging or some nervous system kind of regulation mm-hmm. stuff. And then we'll come back and maybe the answer will be here at the table for us. Maybe you'll know and mm-hmm. your body will feel better. Yeah. But even just saying, this is so hard. I'm so sorry mm-hmm. that you're not comfortable with eating. I'm going to stop eating because it's just making it worse right mm-hmm. now. And I'm just going to let you focus on nurturing yeah. your body. Everyone right? write in with any big feelings, challenging behaviors of yeah. you or your kids. What triggers you? What's feeling hard right now? Um Someone says, currently can't hear you because I'm nursing the babe, but screaming in the car seat when we can't get out is my biggest trigger. Mm -hmm. That has been one of my largest triggers of my entire parenting journey as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Both of my kids basically screamed, unless they were asleep, screamed in the car seat until they were about two. And my current biggest trigger is around zany, laughing, slash biting, pinching, crying in the car when we're trapped. Big screaming outburst type sounds. Loud stuff, unpredictable (laughs) noise where they're sort of laughing, tickling, reaching across, but it's like not feeling funny or good. That's so it, hard. It makes me flip my lid. It makes me mm-hmm. scream, shut up. It makes me, mm-hmm. I yelled so in the mean. car today because I just, so talk about sound sensitivity beyond musophonia. Mm-hmm. I al- we also just too loud wow. of sounds and volumes are really hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I really struggle and say, I can't leave the car right now to my older kids. Mm-hmm. I, I need you to use lower voices because it's just, it's so triggering to me. I struggle. And so that's why I have earplugs. So Kelsey got me some loop earplugs, which we should be like affiliating we should with be right now for how much we talk about <laughs> <I know. laughs> loop. Um, and I also, they're so pretty. They I'll, look like our earrings, but yeah, like they're a like little, a little like orb. Yeah. Um, but, uh, or I'll roll down the windows. So to mm-hmm. open up the, like the compartment of sound, that's just like that box and mm-hmm. it'll open the windows and get some fresh air. Um, I'll just focus, uh, on mindfulness things in the horizon and be like birds there. Oh, that mountain. This mm-hmm. and that. So those kind of grounding that exercises. Lady has cute pants on. Okay. Again, trying to yeah. self-reg in those moments and tame those triggers in those moments. Things I learned from Jen, basically, mm-hmm. right? Um, but gosh, with a screaming baby, it's just, it's really, really hard. Someone just ordered a pair of loops. That's so For great. For their kid. Yeah. I love it. That's amazing. I have the blue ones too. I Absolutely. love them. Um, but I think that for a baby in the car seat, it is so hard. It is so, so, so hard. Yeah. And I think, again, if baby's crying and if you can pull over and support them, great. If you have to just keep going for a few minutes mm-hmm. and you know that they're not liking it, but they're they're safe and they're okay mm-hmm. and they're not ballistic or in harm's way or anything, then it's take care of you and then you can take care of them the minute they get out of that car seat. Yeah. Right. That's a it's something a lot of people don't have to deal with, which is thinking does does is this trip, trip necessary? Yeah. Does it? And only screaming kids or kids who struggle in stores and in shopping carts and in cars, mm-hmm. like only people who parent those children even think, do I need to go Should to Target go? right now? Is this yeah. going to be worth it if it goes sideways? Because it usually does. Yeah. And I think it's a great question to ask, even if your kids or baby aren't challenging. Mm-hmm. I think so much about it is back to nervous systems too, that mm-hmm. it's understandable why some kids can't be in the car, the mm-hmm. feeling of the, the G force and the mm-hmm. velocity for their nervous systems when they're facing the opposite way, especially mm-hmm. 
is really uncomfortable for them. Yeah, it made sense. Right? Like, neither of my kids could sit on a swing without being like, ooh, like that it was just crazy really red hard. Face Their thing. reflexes just weren't caught up yet. Yeah. And so we have to remember that our babies are showing us if we fed them and diapered them and given them We're some, like they should be fine, love, they should be okay. Yeah. So what is wrong? And so anything we can do to regulate their nervous systems, rub them before we put them in the car seat, do some little dippies with them, mm-hmm. bounce them, get them going, get their body regulated, yeah. hopefully help them fall asleep while they're driving, yeah. figure out those ways to innovate. And say something like, you might be uncomfortable in the car. We're just going around the corner to grandma's and I'm, it, you might hear me sing. If you start crying, I'm, I'm thinking of you and I'm, and I'll be singing to you. Yeah. So we kind of create that, that little bridge of saying, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. And then when they start crying, we try to sing if they can't hear us and it's just a no go zone. We focus on our driving so we don't get in a wreck and we get there as quickly as we can. And then we pull them out and we say, I'm so sorry. Oh, you really needed me. So that wasn't hard. feeling good for you. Okay. We're here now. Right. And then mental note again. We check our stuff again and say, mm-hmm. should we do this trip again? Yeah. Could is, I do is anything? Is it this time of day? Is could it, could yeah. I do anything to change it up next time to support them? Yeah. All the innovation from our resist approach. Someone said yeah. that they are feeling really triggered lately watching their five-year-old get avoided at school from friends. Oh, yeah. That's hard. Oh, my oh, gosh. Social situation the stuff wounds can of be really our childhood. Hard. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's a lot. We're sorry. Yeah. I think that's a, a great realization to have too. It's like, why am I feeling triggered? Where's this coming from? Is it just, I want my child to be happy or is there something deeper at play based on our own childhood, based on the things that, that we were able to get, the things that we weren't able to get, those unmet needs, the trauma of unmet needs that we mentioned earlier. Um, I mean, I was even triggered just watching the eight days our kids were in a public charter school. Uh, Kelty's son wasn't going in. So we were waiting in the parking lot, like with him and supporting and stuff. And I saw my daughter go out there for like in the back area for like PE or whatever it was. And she's like a head and a half taller than all the other kids in her class. And she wasn't even being, you know, ostracized or left out mm-hmm. or any of the things. Um, and But even just seeing her a head and a half taller than all her other peers, I got like sick to my stomach. Mm. I, I felt like, oh my God, this is terrible. When she was having fun, like she was doing great. Like she doesn't know how to do jumping jacks still, but she was trying and everyone was there. And I think just... Oh, it was clearly so much of a trigger for my own personal baggage We're really as a tall, tall person yeah. who went through a lot and it felt a lot um, as feeling as a, a little different in that way. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh, Meg. Someone says, else said I feel triggered. Oh, uh, when my five-year-old straight up says no and will not move. I've learned I can't make discipline consequences to get her to move because it triggers us both. Yeah, yeah absolutely says no and won't move. It's like, mm-hmm. how did our parents deal with that when we said that? It's That's probably where our ask. trigger may, may be, right? Maybe that helpless feeling comes from yeah. the fact of feeling helpless when we said no as kids. Yeah. And I know it sounds like people are like, don't fucking Freudian sh- me about my childhood and all of this. But like, there's a lot to it. Yeah. It, it, cool. it makes sense in so many ways. Um, I feel really triggered when my kids just ignore me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not good. It doesn't feel good to be ignored by anybody, but I I have a feeling and have memories where I would be still perseverating on a feeling mm-hmm. or a topic or a need. And my parents would just be over it. They'd just be like, I'm done. Yeah. And they would ignore me. Um, Sarah, and, you're a fellow tall person. How oh, tall are you? I'm like, no, I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a competition, but, no. um, Amy talking back to the car seat drama. Yes. Yeah, so much screaming in the car seat. Yeah. 
and cart. Then he was old enough to move. He would run like a bat out of hell and my PPA was through the roof. Oh man. Yeah, absolutely. So many big feelings. Yeah. You're where not do, alone. Where do our triggers come from? I think that's something that, that you can check our link in bio for this free workshop that we're all going to be going to on Saturday. The top five ways to tame mm -hmm. your triggers. You're six feet. Nice. Oh, Department of Community, you're five, five ten. Five ten. Nice. Mm. These tall people. Mm -hmm. Yay. How tall are we? I feel like we've shrunken a little. We're like six We're feet. We're six two. Six one. We, yeah. I feel like we used we to We used to lie two. about it. Yeah. And now I feel like I'm just to lie like down. shrunken more and more and more. My feet have gotten flatter. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so the Taming Your Triggers workshop is Saturday and then... It is basically one step towards this awesome Taming Your Triggers course, which is opening on February 13th. I think we'll start talking about it. Yeah. Doors close on the 23rd. Yeah. So it's pretty exciting getting in there with this whole group of people who are also incredibly triggered by their kids, challenging behaviors and big feelings. Every time I take it, though, I learn something new about myself, something new about you, yeah. something new about oh my gosh, husband. What are you learning about me? Well, where I'm just perspective taking. <laughs> of what my experience was as a child, yeah. what yours was, what my husband's was. Yeah. I've done so much work from the workshop, just mm -hmm. thinking about my husband mm -hmm. and knowing his parents who were wonderful. Um, but just being like, wow, mm -hmm. like I love him so much. Wow. That's just like a lot. And it then they love about, it more. Yeah. yeah. Just more, 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 right. More <laughs> compassion, more awareness and insight into all of us. Um, anyway, I feel like we're blabbing on here. Any other other shares Big feelings challenging behaviors yeah. shares triggers mm -hmm. what triggers you what's the hardest right now mm -hmm. yeah i'm definitely still in the car hannah's been really struggling oh yeah today, today. yesterday with bringing her kids out into like shopping situations which we just haven't done that much the last couple of years yeah and um they are a little zany a little loud a little wild in a way that she never really had to deal with for their first several years no, um, pre-COVID. Yeah. Did not very much. So. Um, and just all of a sudden, where I'm not even used to going around and out places that much. And then they're going out and around places and acting like the three stooges crawling <laughs> around and doing like, quote unquote, childish behavior. Yeah, because they're freaking kids. Yeah. But it's still just very uncomfortable for me. Um, and I usually don't care what anybody thinks. And you know whatever that's what was but, so hard watching you Hannah we're like yeah. sitting at this kind of outdoor cafe and your son was like hitting his silverware together and you were like give me that silverware and I was just like who are you what's going on he's just playing and yeah. then we were like in cost plus running to grab something and he was like crawling along on the ground for a minute and was and you were like get up and walk on your feet I was just like oh boy okay mm -hmm. what's going on yeah Triggered. I mean I think yeah tired oh first of all <laughs> that's but, a that's a but trigger also too triggered. where I think Kelty and I were like kids, so we would do shit like that, but we were also really high self-monitoring, wanting to please everybody. Yeah. And so I think that we may have had some of those situations where we were cracked down on a little bit and mm -hmm. felt a lot of shame and embarrassment for the way we were showing up as kids in a public scenario. Mm -hmm. And so then after that, you know, year or two of like ebbing and flowing, we were like, the best little kids we were where everyone was like, holders. oh my gosh, that your kids are so good. Oh my gosh, they're, they can hang out with all the grownups, like in mm -hmm. Spain at a bar and like blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. Like we were able to do that. But I think that that process was maybe a little bit hard on me. Yeah. Possibly. I love that you're looking into that yeah. personally. 
Someone said, I'm looking forward to the Taming Your Triggers workshop. My triggers are sensory related. I hate messes, particularly related to food. Mm-hmm. Also, when my kids knock stuff over or throw things on the floor. That's oh, huge for me too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. You've identified like, where do I just get hot and bothered about yeah, my kids? I love that. And we have a lot of sensory and mess related triggers as well. Yeah, we do. Where it's like, I don't care when those things happen other ways, but when I'm seeing it and a child doing it, it's mm-hmm. like, I'm back in my child body mm-hmm. having someone be like, Oh no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, you need to clean that up. Get you a know. napkin. Yeah. Get stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, my, yeah. and my, my kids are, and you can attest to this, like Hannah's, Hannah's kids are just like since birth, like little, like napkin dabbers, dabbers. And just like, Oh, my fingers just can you wipe my fingers off. Like that kind of thing. And my they're kids sensory are like, sensitive. So they want to clean their faces. They don't like stuff on their hands and Kelties mm-hmm. are sensory seekers. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like hands on food roll into face fully everything. And like, Oh, Rub you have this. this. You want me to throw this in the trash? What about this? No, I'm just gonna. Anyway, those are my kids, and I don't notice my feet are muddy, and I'm walking all over the floor. Yeah, right. Those types of things. Those are really it's hard. hard. I get that. Someone's kids squished an orange on the floor yesterday. You didn't lose it. Cleaned nice it up work. together. Inside your skin was crawling. Yeah. yeah, that's the work. Where you're like deep breathe. And it's so interesting. I'm the parent I but, needed in those moments. Getting that feedback from our kids that shows us the, the ways that we're triggered is so interesting too. Like I knew it was messes were a trigger for me, but hearing my daughter like ma- baking something and she's like, I'm cleaning up as I go. Don't worry. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's worried that I'm going to like be nitpicky and stuff around it. I love it. Love it, it when our kids can call us out on that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, but don't worry, mama, because of this. And I'm like, that's not a big deal. Oh my God. Yes. That's usually a big deal to me. Yeah. I do struggle with that. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. I'm working on it. I love that you're doing that Mm -hmm. thing. Sometimes Sometimes I'm just challenged by the mess. A little overwhelming, but it's you doing you, right? Opens up those conversations. I love that. Yeah. Let's see. Amy said, oh, someone else said, yes, my oldest is very neat. My younger two are not so much. Yeah. So everyone's perceptions and sensory needs affect how messy or tidy kind of they are. But it's also think- right? interesting it's not thinking just about it. Taught. It's in, yeah, it's interesting thinking it from from a uh, kind of like nature nurture. Like mm-hmm. some kids naturally like yours, hyposensitive mine, hypersensitive yours, they're just predisposed to be quote unquote yeah. neat or messy. Mm-hmm. And I think that that it, our culture does a disservice to those me- quote unquote messy ones yeah. because it's constantly you know, validating the the neatness or the efficiency or the tidiness or the <clears throat> following the rules or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And I just got, got a shout out for all those little kids out there who are working against the grain in that way and just meeting their needs and, yeah. and doing what they need to do and being little, you know, little explorer, experimenter, yeah. sensory, gonna say little swirling dervishy kind of mess makers everywhere <laughs> they go. Yeah. That's what they're doing. That doesn't mean that there's something wrong with them. That doesn't mean yeah. that they're going to be slobs their whole life or something. No, you got to think like if they were in their class and doing messes in this like artistic way, you'd be like, Oh, you do. Oh, that. They're like a genius. Like, obviously <laughs> don't, don't hamper it. Don't yeah. control it. But then it's like in my kitchen and you're just like, no, absolutely yeah. not. Cancel. Like, no, mm-hmm. not going to You're like happen. with my makeup? Right. No, no definitely not, not so much. Amy said, I get triggered by lack of control when multiple needs need tending. Mm-hmm. So kid melting down over an object that's lost, trying to find it while in the car, or the cat's meowing and the timer on the stove's going off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're thinking, wow, your brain, the multiple demands. 
can really add um, add stress. Those to are you. all so sound demands too. Sound demands. Yeah. It sounds like that you're that you're sound sensitive. Yeah. Right? One of our close friends who's joined our show up and grow up small coaching group clubs before he he said like his number one trigger was when he's doing something for his kids and they're nagging him and asking him about that thing. And he's like, I'm doing it. I'm literally trying to do that. And I thought that was like such a great trigger and something that I can really relate to. And I think also though, it's so great, Amy, that you're thinking, wow, when I'm hearing and receiving a lot of sensory input, I struggle to regulate my body and Mm -hmm. I struggle to prioritize which thing to be perceiving and integrating and Mm -hmm. focusing on. And I think we forget, like we're all multitaskers. Like we were working with someone who was trying to get their kid down for bed, mm-hmm. two kids or three kids. Three and kids. then they were also listening to a football game. Well, this came out later. And we're like, you're what? You're, what? you're, like, you're like, which is so understandable. What? And we all do it. We're like, yeah. oh, it's like, this was so hard. And I was frustrated and I struggled. And then it's like, because I was also texting my mom about a really important thing, blah, 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 that blah. I saw on like, Pinterest. You're like, and you're like, what? No, <laughs> no. like our bodies can't and shouldn't have to be doing so many things at once. And I know that our culture demands it. I know Mm -hmm. that our family um, infrastructure often demands it. Mm -hmm. Our work demands it. Uh, We get that. But But it's a good question to say, which, yeah, how can we kind of narrow the things down that are going to be putting pressure on us Mm -hmm. and whether they're chosen and exciting and happy or, Mm -hmm. you know, things that are being thrust upon us by our children's needs. Yeah, Sarah says, same here, Amy, especially if I haven't met my own needs, breakfast, shower, conversation with partner first. And Mm -hmm. so you're saying, you're alluding perfectly to the fact that we struggle to integrate the sensory input of our world Mm -hmm. and support our kids when our nervous systems aren't regulated, when we haven't had a shower, Mm -hmm. which is very relaxing and integrating, Mm -hmm. when we haven't like had a moment or eaten food, which nourishes us, Mm -hmm. we haven't connected with another person that matters, like a partner. Of course, we're going to struggle to integrate what's going on in our world, Mm -hmm. right? Just like with our kids. Just brings it back to the the language of needs, you know, and starting a day, having had a conversation with our kids, even if they're two, we can be saying, in the morning, what are the things that you're needing? Okay, let's make a list. Let's draw a picture for each one. In the morning, what are the things that I'm needing? Okay, I'm needing a minute alone while I'm in the bathroom. I know that's a tall order sometimes. We're going to try to do it. I'm needing my yogurt because my yogurt's like the bare minimum that I need to get into my tummy before we get in the car and start driving. And I'm needing um, some coffee. So maybe you can help me push the button with that when we do that. And then I'm eating a dance party with a song before we go out the door. So throw in a couple things that your kid needs. So they're not like, oh my God, you fucking need so much shit. (laughs) But we're talking about needs Mm -hmm. and creating awareness around the conversation of needs. Thank you for um, consent parenting. It regulates our blood sugar when we're fed. Love it. I may have said our nervous systems, but yes, we're balancing our body's needs in all of these areas. Just like we're wondering why our kids struggle to show up with multiple demands and multiple sensory input mm-hmm. because they've got needs that maybe aren't being met. Yeah. So much about this is just saying, what do you need? What do I need? Mm-hmm. What did I need? What did you need? Yeah. Let's plan. With the understanding yeah. that it's not our kid's job to meet our needs and yeah. that even if we plan ahead and try to get our needs met, even if we make our little lists and bring our needs to the table, mm-hmm. we might, we likely will not get as many needs met as hopefully our kids will. Yeah. This is and not a tit okay. for tat relationship Yeah, yeah, where we meet their needs and then they're supposed I think to those are good ours. moments though, where we want to tell our kids, I have needs too. I need things too. I'm hungry too. I, this too. Those are great moments where you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. How can I get those needs met by someone else a little earlier, a little differently? Yeah. 
you know, not requiring this little person yeah. to be doing that just yet. Yeah. Amy said, yes. And with the secrets, like I barely open my eyes and it just begins. I feel like the needs slap me across the face. Yeah. Yeah. They just can feel so, so constant. So much intensity right away mm -hmm. can, can be really, really daunting. Yeah. It's a lot. You're all doing an amazing job. You should all be proud of yourselves thinking about this, mm -hmm. working on this, right? Not just thinking about how you can approach your child with their big feelings and challenging behaviors, but thinking about how we can approach ourselves with our own big feelings and our mm -hmm. challenging behaviors. And that's where all of this parenting begins with our reparenting, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why we're so into the Taming Your Triggers um, webinar on Saturday that will hopefully give you more info and some tools before even considering taking the workshop coming up yeah. on the 13th. Someone else listed, my child not listening oh, triggers me so much. I just much. mentioned that. Oh, oh man. that's so big though. It's a big one. And big. why is that? It's so great why to think about that? why that is. Yeah. We talked earlier about why I think it is for me. Um, was it friends not listening when you were a certain age or teacher not listening? Was I think for me, it triggers me because I feel helpless and kind of unheard generally in mm -hmm. my life. I feel like my needs aren't getting met in a lot of other ways. And so when my kids refuse to help meet my needs by tuning Complying out or, or yeah, yeah, oh, doing yeah. whatever, mm -hmm. I, that's reinforcing that I'm not getting what I need. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's why I feel triggered. I'm like yeah. one more person in one more moment, not meeting my needs, mm -hmm. not giving me what I need in the Kelty show. It's so hard. It's so hard. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's all the good stuff. So check out our link in bio, Tame Your Triggers free workshop for the webinar. Top webinar. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, f five ways to tame mm -hmm. your triggers this Saturday. It's yeah, free. we'll be there. We'll be there. We're really excited yeah. about it. And then moving towards a larger course opportunity if you're interested in that, which we've done before and loved. Mm -hmm. Loved a lot of folks in our community, but the, it's the link in bio. So just go to... Uh, our uh, our link on that. And then for those of you listening on the podcast, mm -hmm. it'll, um, be in show notes. it'll be in show notes. We've got a podcast up on, we talked about consent a lot um, mm -hmm. tonight. tonight. And we just, I think, launched mm -hmm. uh, a conversation we had with Rosalia Rivera of Consent Parenting, who actually joined our live tonight. It was great mm -hmm. to see her there. Um, and so you can learn more about that on our podcast and then mm -hmm. go to her podcast, which is just so amazing. And her Instagram account, parenting is so amazing as well so just wanted to shout her out as well yeah thank, thank you thanks for all these little notes everyone much love to you all happy thursday yeah we'll talk to you all soon talk to you soon bye bye, bye.